Yo, 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 what's up? It's Avrian. And I'm Cherie. Welcome to Spinning the Block. Woohoo! Wow, another day, another podcast. Yeah, so exciting. Yes, uh, we I had mm-hmm. a great episode last week. Uh, again, shout out to Veronica and Cardi for coming on and sharing their yes. thoughts about the Black dating experience. And shout out to everyone who gave us feedback. Yeah. A lot of people were really enjoying the episode and it's just great to hear from people. No, I can agree. It's always fun to hear what what the people think about what we're doing and it's helpful. It's encouraging. So yeah, keep listening. Keep following up. Keep letting us know what you think. It means a lot. Definitely. Yeah. Keep it coming, guys. Even if you have some constructive criticism, we'll take that too. Yeah. We appreciate the engagement. We appreciate any and all feedback. So, yeah. Yeah. So, April, let's get to a vibe check. How's your vibe been this week? Vibe has been really good. I can't lie. It was a long week, but Mm -hmm. the weekend was really nice. Went out with kind of like a newish friend group. So, I'm interested to see how that goes. Had a really good time. Went out for brunch and then like literally ended up getting home. (laughs) Like almost 11 o'clock at night i was just like i've been out all day for all like day <laughs> 12 hours like, oh wow yeah so that was fun yeah so i'm excited for that i'm excited to see how that friendship will go um that group of girls and um it's nice yeah do you want to share like how you met this group of friends like work friends or how did this come about Yeah, so one of my friends from an old job, she came to visit last month and we went and hung out and got dinner with one of her friends from high school who lives here. Oh, nice. Yeah, so and we like clicked when we met and it was like really fun. So we exchanged numbers and we're like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm around, you're around, let's hang out. And so she hit me up during the week and was like, hey, going to brunch on Saturday, going to meet up with a friend of mine from high school and her wife who live here now. And I was like, yeah, of course, I'm always down for brunch. I'm like, hello. Oh, that's fun. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was fun. Um, And it was good. It was like fun getting to know them. Yeah, it was a nice okay. time. So, yeah. I think people underestimate how difficult it is to make new friends. Yeah. After a certain age. Like, especially in your 30s, I feel like, how are we yeah, meeting no. people? What are we doing? <laughs> Outside of like work, what are we doing? No, you're totally right. And honestly, that's already hard enough when you're living in a place where you grew up or in like your home area. But when you move to another country, it's a whole different country. Crazier. And I think that's also the cool thing because they're all American as well. Um, So it's like a little expat group. And we kind of all bonded over that whole situation where it is kind of hard to make friends, especially in the UK sometimes. I've heard a lot of people who have moved here say that it's hard to make friends because people already have their friend groups and they either all live in the same place or they move to the same place or they just visit each other. Like if they don't live there, you know what I mean? So they kind of just stick in their groups. Um, And it's very hard to like break into friend groups sometimes if you don't make friends like through work or different activities. So yeah, we all kind of bonded over that and Mm -hmm. have a lot of similar interests. So it was cool. Yeah. it's It's exciting. I'm hopeful for your new bonding experiences over there in the UK. That's fun. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, But what about you? What's your vibe looking like? My vibe, I'm in the same boat. My vibe has been really good. This was like the first weekend, really. (laughs) I was sitting here thinking about it yesterday. Like 
This was the first weekend where I wasn't like outside, outside since 2024. (laughs) I have been going every weekend since the year started. And although I had a little outing today, yesterday was like the first Saturday where I just went grocery shopping. I had Mm -hmm. an idea of what I wanted to make for dinner. I've been on this mushroom kick. Don't judge me. What? Uh, Yes. I'm going to have to send you a picture of the pizza that I made. I made a flatbread pizza. Oh. It was so good. I sauteed some mushrooms with some onions and garlic. And then Ooh. I had like this truffle Alfredo sauce. I used that as the base. And then I put the, the oh. mushroom little on top. Then I used the, the burrata. Burrata, yeah. Wow. That sounds delicious. I kind of want to recreate that. Like that sounds yes. amazing. I will send you all the ingredients. But I've just been on this mushroom kick. Long story short. On Saturday, I had my mindset. I'm like, I'm going grocery shopping and I'm making this pie. Like, that's my day. And yeah, the vibes has just been really good. Um, as I said, it's nice that I finally got a day to like yes, chill over the weekend. Yeah. We did a little memorial service for my grandma today. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. Really still can't believe it's been a year. I know. Like I know. That's I know. crazy. But you know, the beautiful thing about life is obviously thinking back to that time, I was down bad. The mental space I was in at this time last year. Yeah. It's just a beautiful thing to see the evolution of where I am now. You know? see the growth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because at that time, like, I didn't give myself the freedom to grieve. And there was was a lot of moving pieces. So I felt Mm -hmm. like I didn't have the opportunity to grieve. But now it's just like, I'm feeling all those emotions. And like, I'm open to feeling everything, as well as just being in like a better space mentally. I'm just, I'm a lot happier. I feel free this year. I don't know what happened. But I feel like there was a switch that went off on January 1st. And there's been a shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I feel it. It's been different. And mm-hmm. I'm not complaining. I love it. No. I love every second of it. So that's my vibe. We love to hear that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Good vibes all around. So yeah. We happy. We, we live in our best lives out here. Shout out to 2024. Because, you know, you know, out here doing it. New mindset, new attitude. Loving it. it. Is. So keeping with our trend of this Black History Month and discussing different topics, ideas, or things that affect the Black community, we wanted to just dive into a little Dear Black Girl um, yeah, and just discuss things that we think that are important for the inner Black girl growing up that we need to hear, you know? Yeah, I hear that. I love this. I think over the past couple of months, I've just had a lot of time for self-reflection. And it's just been an interesting time in life. And I think that I often find myself looking back and thinking about who I was as like a kid and wanting to get back to that freeness. You know what I mean? Like I had Mm -hmm. so much that I told myself I was going to do and all these dreams and aspirations. And I think slowly over time, I was kind of taught that I will not be able to achieve said dreams and aspirations because of whatever reasons, you know? Agreed. No, I 1000% agree with that because I feel that way as well. As you grow up, 
life kind of beats it out of you in a way, you know? Yeah. You ha- you go through like struggles and so many things and you get so much further from all these things you wanted to do. Yeah. All these dreams, all these hopes that you had or just simple things that made you happy, like activities, different things like that. Exactly. And it's very important to get back to those things and acknowledge those things and try to figure out a way to enjoy the things we put to the side, you know? Mm-hmm. Is there one thing from your childhood that you could say you miss and want to incorporate back into your life? Yes. <laughs> so Do you I want to share? Like, it's like- yeah, no, I know I'm going to talk. I know I want to talk about it because... I feel like I need to talk about it to kind of push myself out there to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, keeping it in sometimes is easy to bury it and bury the fear and the risk that comes along with it because if it doesn't exist out loud, then it doesn't exist. Yeah. But I think one of the things that always not bothers me, but that I miss, is acting. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It's crazy to say. I really miss it. I miss it a lot, and um, sometimes I don't realize that until. I hear about other people doing it and I'm just like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so you, you could do it. Like, what, what's the reason? I think part of me is a little afraid. I haven't done it in so long. Yeah. There's fear of, are you good enough? Will you get parts? Like what, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just a lot mm-hmm. of fear that comes with pushing myself back into that world again that I haven't had to deal with since forever. But yeah, there's a whole part of it that makes me so happy that I miss so yeah, that's kind of one of the things that has been, I feel just like gnawing at the edge of my brain. Um, and I've just kind of been for years tampering it down, tampering it down, but I'm feeling mm-hmm. I'm in this age where I just feel like a shift in me. Um, okay. Okay. And I, and so it's, it's coming out more. If that makes sense. Yeah. There is a reason I wouldn't keep on pushing that to the background. I would definitely like take heed that your mind keeps on circling back to that. I yeah. definitely think that you should do what you can to pursue it. No, yeah. That's awesome. I think you would do great. Because even like with us recording, you know that I am a very like, when we're having our general talk, like our general conversations, I can speak naturally. But a lot of times when we're opening things up, you know that I like to be, I have to have things written down. I need to know what we're saying, how we're saying it, when we're doing it. But like you, you're on the fly. I'll be like, oh, maybe we should talk about this. You're like, yep, got it. So I think having that natural ability to kind of ad lib in situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It definitely comes from that. And I think this actually has like made me, has spurred it on more in me because it's like, well, you're doing this, like you could still do that as well. Um, If you can go through and figure this out and make it a podcast, then why can't you get back into acting and do something that you love? Um, Yeah, that's so funny. I feel like this podcast is awakening things in the both of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's your thing that you might want to bring back? I think I want to get back into journalism. Mm. I miss writing, you know? Within my previous roles in PR, I've been in healthcare PR. So I'm doing a lot of... Technical speak. And... Yeah. No, I kind of get where you're coming from because like I sometimes help out in some of our healthcare for work and it's very kind of rigid. And like, yes, you could be get into like yes. the patient stories, but it's still kind of rigid. Like there's certain things you have to hit, reviews, all this stuff. Like there's a lot of... It's not as... Uh, you can't be as imaginative as you would. Yes, yeah. yes. And part of the reason why I would be interested in moving away from healthcare is because I felt like I was stifling 
my talents. Your creativity, your talents. Yeah, my creativity. There you go. I felt like my creativity was being stifled because there's only so much that you could do and so many different ways that you can go. And as you go on, things kind of seem repetitive, you know, like it's kind of the same kind of story in a different fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. So starting this podcast has made me like really get back into my creative bag. And even when we had our conversations about starting this podcast, we were both like, we want to do something creative, like do something that we will both enjoy doing. So yeah, I think just getting back into the journalism world. I'm not too far off because as I said, a lot of the work within PR is, it goes hand in hand. You know what I mean? It's just like a different side of communications. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I want to dabble back into the the journalism world. Our two things that we want to get back into are like our two talents when it comes to this podcast, like me ad-libbing and you like coming up like social 99% of captions has Cherie's touch on it. Like, (laughs) like, like, she's just good. Like, I'll be like, here, I said this. And she's like, all right, come back. And it's automatically like comes better. So I think it's just interesting, you know, to show where our talents lie and, some of it comes from actually wanting to do stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I, yeah, I think this has just been a really good outlet for the both of us. Um, also, mm. so random, but I wanted to say this in the beginning. I, I made a note to myself. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to give you a shout out because I, your face, <laughs> you're like, wait, what? What I do? <laughs> I just want to give you a shout out. Okay. So since we've been doing the podcast, oh. I've been doing a part-time role at my job and you have been working full-time and the past couple of weeks my schedule has been really hectic and I was sitting here one day and I was like I don't know how Adrian manages to do the podcast and keep up with her full-time job and all her other responsibilities going out and having fun and being so like I don't know how you do it so this is me giving you a shout out because this is not easy. <laughs> like, I don't think, okay, Man. everyone listening right now, I don't think you guys understand all the behind the scenes stuff that goes on. Like, there's a lot going on. And we're adults. We're two adults. And we have lives and schedules. And Child, if- could you imagine if we had children? Oh my gosh, don't even try it. Oh, yeah. So shout out to you. Like, for real. I was really like, wow. Thank you, friend. I appreciate that. Yeah, because this is a lot. I appreciate that. You know, listen, you make it easy. You're a great co-host, great friend, and it doesn't feel like any type of work or any sacrifice because it's something I think we both can admit that we love doing and we find great joy in it. So all the hard work is is worth it just to get these episodes out every Thursday. Yeah. Make sure Um, y'all listen because we work it hard. Yeah. (laughs) We work it hard. We are. (laughs) But yeah. Going back to what we were saying originally, um, I think it's very important to acknowledge the things that are important to us and that make us feel like a kid again. I think a lot of growing up is kind of going back to what is the core and what's the essence of you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's an analogy that I'm not remembering at the moment, but it's like, we have these thoughts, we have these feelings, these things that we love to do, uh, these activities, whatever it is. And we just like work our way to get to what we think we should be. Mm-hmm. 
right? Whether it's like having a good job, having a like marriage, being a daughter, having a house, all this stuff, like you think that you're supposed to do. And yes, you are, but there's still things that you have to take care of yourself with and what makes you happy. And I think it's very important to not just be so surrounded by, I go to work, I go to sleep, watch TV, eat, whatever. And that's it. And we get on that same site all the time. And it's just... What do you like to do? Push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Go to the theater mm-hmm. by yourself. Do these things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, be adventurous and take risks. It is. It's very important. It feeds it our is, inner yes, child. Yes, yes. The importance of feeding our inner child. I definitely agree with that. Even like circling back to the journalism stuff. Since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. I remember telling my parents, like, this is something I want to pursue. I don't know if many of you know. Uh, I have the same birthday as Oprah. So I was like, oh, she's my North Star. Like, I am going to be the next Oprah. I had that ingrained in my head. And I don't know what happened, when it happened, why there was a shift. I think I kind Mm. of know. Gradually, I feel like people made me believe that was unattainable. And I moved away from that. And I, I truly wish I didn't. But, you know, after our interview with Veronica and Cardi last week, I was like, oh, that was my jam. Like, I felt like I was in my element, like just sitting there having this genuine conversation and Mm -hmm. having these questions just randomly like pop into my head. And I'm just like, oh, oh, you know what? Like, I felt like I was in my element and I miss that. I want that back. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like you said, you were definitely in your element. You were like going at it. You knew what you wanted to say. You know, you had these ideas and were able to keep it going, keep it flowing. And that says something like there's a reason why you want to do that. There's a yeah. reason why that was something that you aspire to. And just because maybe you didn't go in one path to get there doesn't mean that it's over yeah. for you. Yeah, very true. You know, you could still do it. I feel like our lifespan has expanded so much more than what we thought it would be, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back in the day, by 30s, you were like old and it was like, oh, okay, can't do nothing else. But now it's like... <laughs> Damn. You know what I mean? No, but like now there's so much possibility. I think people are living longer. They're working harder. They're they're not following the same linear path that we were convinced that if you didn't make it by this point, then that's it. You know, that's not realistic anymore. That's so important to highlight because I think a lot of people, I don't think it's so much our generation. I think our, I think our generation, we have risk takers. Oh yeah. I've seen a lot of people that like they start doing something and they're just like, okay, just kidding. This mm-hmm. isn't for me. I'm going to go back to school and do the next thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're a different generation in that sense. We don't feel tied down as much. No. Like, if I don't like a job, I'm not saying bye. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like we're not, we're not into that. So we are yeah. more risk takers. We're not going to just settle for anything, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with all of that. And I think it's important for people to understand that, you don't have to be tied down to one ideal of what your life is supposed to be. And I also think it's really important for people to, you know, follow their dreams regardless. You know, I think it's common within certain cultures that our parents push us to what they think we should be doing. Or their version of successful. Yes. Yes. Their version of success. Exactly that. And thankfully, I never felt that as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like when I tell you, like I was out here like, oh, I'm going to be a journalist. I'm going to be the next Oprah Winfrey, this, that, and the third. Yeah. I think my parents saw my natural abilities as a kid. They were like, oh, 
actually, this might be something this kid could do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they saw my natural abilities and they never pushed me away from it. But within the last couple of years, because I moved away from journalism, I've been in PR, I've been second guessing like what my next step is. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but, Mm. but I had experiences and I think I told myself like, I can't do that. Not for nothing. There was a situation where I don't know if we were in a group together during this time, but there was a situation that I did an interview when we were back at school. I was talking Mm -hmm. to this woman who lost her child to gun violence. And I remember sitting there interviewing this lady and boo hoo crying, like boo hoo, just like tears, like literal tears streaming down my face. And when I stepped away from that interview, I was like, you might be too much of an empath. Like I feel people's Mm. emotions too deeply. And Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe this isn't something that you can pursue because like, you're going to have these hard hitting interviews. You're going to have these situations where people are telling these heartbreaking stories and you're supposed to sit there. Keep it together. And yeah. And I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Like maybe I can't, maybe I can't deal with this emotionally. You know? Ah, okay, okay. So a little self-doubt starts to creep in. Okay, okay. Yes. And then I think gradually as I went on, because not for nothing, shout out to Kim Young. Like she always oh, was like Kim Young. She was always like in my ear, like, you have natural talent. Like you, you she could was do so this. supportive. She so was supportive. Like when you talk about teachers who really can make a difference, she Huge. was one of them. Like I always credit her, always. Yeah, she was very supportive, but I don't know. I just remember distinctly having that experience with that interview and being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then after that, like, I doubted myself. And I think me having self-doubt, I let other other things creep in and be like, uh, 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 Mm -hmm. like, is the money there? Will you be able to find a job once you get out of school? All this stuff, like, started creeping in. Even after we graduated, yeah, I, I have my degree. So I'm trying to find a job to be a journalist and I'm having a hard time finding a job. So I'm just like, okay, so this is all the more reason that like, I'm not supposed to be doing this, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think having those doubts and then having the difficulty coming out as a new graduate, not being able to find a job within the field, I was just like, oh, okay. This this it. might not be for you. And then now you know, I went back to school, got my master's in PR and that's what I've been pursuing. So yeah, even with that, even before I even got my master's, here I am working mm-hmm. with Johns Hopkins. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like No, yeah, it's that, true. Yeah, yeah. Before I'm even done with school, I'm just like, okay, so like having that almost instant gratification. Yes, yes. I was like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. But now here I am again, just wondering. Still in the back of your mind, coming back again. Yeah, mm-hmm. did I misstep? Like, what is happening? So, yeah, we're it's, it's a work in progress. I think it's really important to pursue your dreams, no, no matter what, no matter what. Because at the end of the day, if it's a dream, it's a dream for a reason. And I don't think that you will all of a sudden obtain this dream and then be like damn it I wish I wish that wasn't like yeah it's always it's always the other way around like you don't pursue something and then all of a sudden you're like I wish I would have just went for it it's like me and skiing 
I wish I would have. I really paid attention to learn skiing, you know, because now really? I just want to ski, and I can't. Well, I can, but I, mean, I just got. I, I say, have to start from the beginning. Learn. I can still yeah. learn, but it's like, I, I feel like I could have been great, <laughs> and it's I never still can, late. and I will. No, I'm still gonna push myself to do it. That's one of my things on my list as well. But yeah, it was just funny. I always that's always my thing. Like, damn, I could I could been doing this already. I could been doing this for like ten years now. You know, that's funny. See, I always wanted to get into snowboarding, but like, I don't know. I so I originally started with the snowboarding and. It's cool, but I think skiing is a lot like easier a little bit in a way. And just is like, it? Yeah, you can just be like, you know, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Just like glide in. Mm-hmm. Oh, with yeah. a snowboard, you're like sideways. So yeah, okay. you gotta be, okay. yeah, yeah. It's like not really like a natural motion. Okay. No, exactly. Okay. See, yeah. I love this. We're we're learning something different. I did not know you gave a damn about skiing. So look at that. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> yeah, I learned something you know? new today. You I know? learned something new today. So, yeah, we're going to get Abe some skiing lessons because she's going to be out here on these slopes. Okay. Just out here. Sh- 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think one topic that I would really like to discuss is loving yourself. I think as Black women, a lot of people kind of struggle with that. Um, yeah. Just based off of society. Yeah, society alone. Like, just just starting from the rips, from society. It feels like sometimes we're, like, on the bottom tier of everything. So you're constantly having to work against the grain to just even feel even on base with other people, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, we have to put in work to feel worthy of anything. Just, like, as we were saying in our last episode, like, we have to do so much just to feel worthy to exist and why is that yeah i mean it's black history month so we might as well bring it up bring it up like that speech that malcolm x had when he said the most disrespected person in america is the black woman the most unprotected one a person in america is the black woman the most neglected person in america is the black woman and that still stands true yeah 1000 percent. that speech in 1962 and we're still having this conversation it's just interesting that we're constantly being pushed i don't want to say not love ourselves but we're we're constantly being told that we're not enough yeah that's pretty much it because i feel like even growing up it was very easy to feel especially you know i am a darker skinned black girl and i know we talk about this a little Mm -hmm. bit but i am a darker skinned person um Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times growing up, that wasn't cool. That wasn't cute. Yeah. Nobody was checking for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and I want to say it wasn't until like high school or like end of high school when I realized I'm cute. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's y'all. It's not me. <laughs> it's yeah, y'all. That's exactly. The problem. But that took a lot. And that still takes a lot, even to this day. And I'm 31 years old. And it's still something that I have to sometimes like check myself on, you know? Yeah. Because like what it's just these old insecurities, old fears that has been pushed upon us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that constant struggle. Yeah, rolling off of that, I think it's so important for there to be representation in media. Yes, very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So growing up, we had our shows like we had Family Matters. We had Parenthood. Uh, yes. You know, Martin, we had... Uh, yes. We had Living Single, Moesha. Yeah. 
I think that's one of the problems, though. We did have our representative shows that were for us, by us. But then there was also the mainstream media where we were just kind of like token or we were in the background or, you know, we weren't even a focus. Like we weren't the main characters in those settings. Yeah. That I think makes a difference. Even our first on-screen Black princess was Princess Tiana. Yeah. And she just came out like yesterday, you know? She was a frog the whole movie. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I kid you not, Growing up, The Little Mermaid, oh. I don't know what it was. The Little Mermaid and Aladdin were my two movies. Ask I was anyone. a Little Mermaid girl. Too. I was obsessed, okay? Yeah. Obsessed. So I took my niece yeah. and my little cousin slash goddaughter to see The Little Mermaid, the live action film yes. with Halle Bailey. Yeah. Girl, I kid you not. I was in that theater with those two little girls, boo-hoo, crying. Boo-hoo, I know. I was... <laughs> crying because in my big age seeing Mm -hmm. that type of I didn't I did not I did not think I was gonna have that type of reaction but I was Mm -hmm. like oh this is happening Mm -hmm. no could you imagine the difference it would have made if we saw that as kids yes I know I know that would have that changes the game there's so many different shows that it could have simply been a black lead female lead in the same storyline and it would have been just as good and it would have been so helpful growing up to see that yeah you made a good point we had our black shows but it was also in mainstream media we weren't seeing ourselves and different shades of ourselves i think that is also because if we did get in it wasn't always a lot of different shades it wasn't a lot of variation and as we know Black people, we come in all colors. Yes. All variations. Yes. And, you know, sometimes I, you want to see somebody who looks like you on TV. Exactly. Like, okay, I could do that too. That's nice. You know, my stories are being shown as well and not just a slave movie. You know? <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. I think people really underestimate the importance of representation. Or maybe they know the importance of representation and just don't give a damn. But regardless... Yeah. I think it's important for us to see ourselves. It really is. I feel like encompassing all that we just discussed, I think it's important to also understand that we need to give ourselves grace. I think a lot of times there is so much expected of us or it doesn't matter what we do or how we're doing it or what we say or how we're saying it. At the end of the day, someone is always going to find an issue with something we're doing. And I think that we need to take a step back and just realize, like, that might be a them problem. And even if we're messing up, give yourself grace. Because nobody else is going to do it. No, you're right. And I think also we don't always have to be the strong one. We don't always got to be the one carrying the load and taking the grunt of it, sacrificing everything for everyone around us at all times in every facet of our lives. Like, you know what I mean? And that comes with giving yourself grace because you realize it's not all on me. There are other people that can take up the load. And sometimes we need to step back and put ourselves first, what we want, what we need. Yeah. And it's just simple as that. I definitely agree. I have a random question Mm -hmm. that... I want to ask, and um, I, I'm just interested in what your thoughts are. So 
in your opinion, what do you think is the hardest thing about being a black woman? That's a good question. Um, I think navigating what people think of you versus what's actually you, if that makes sense. Um, I think a lot of times there's a lot of stereotypes. There's a lot of judgments, prejudices Mm -hmm. that are tied to us. And it's navigating that throughout different avenues in life, different communities, different settings, social settings, jobs, I think that's very hard because it's just sometimes you just want to be yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and it feels as though in certain situations you may have to taper it back or I don't think I have this issue as much anymore, but like prove that yes. you're not what the stereotype is. Like you're, you're better than like, oh no, I'm smart. I'm educated. I'm this, I, you know, I like, and it's like, why do I even have to do that? Like, I just can't be myself and just walk through this life and see, yeah, sometimes I talk in slang, but I'm very smart and educated. That doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like things like that. I think that's, it's just very tough to navigate. Um, Or if you get upset, I can't get too upset because then I'm I'm become this angry person because I'm black yes. and it's just uh, yeah it's just you're you're automatically aggressive yeah yeah damned if you do damned if you don't you know yeah you literally took exactly what I was thinking I think the hardest thing about being a black woman is feeling the constant pressure to prove yourself mm-hmm. no matter what I do there's this constant pressure to prove who I am, prove that I'm worthy, prove that I'm educated. It's constantly a spinning wheel of me just proving, 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 proving. We hold the weight of like the whole category on our shoulders. Every time you meet somebody or, you know, every time you have interactions with somebody, it's like, that's what they're going to think about a black woman every time, whether it's false or whether they're jumping to their own conclusions or they're not really getting to know you personally it yeah it, it's it's a lot of pressure it is do we want to touch on um monique's interview on club shay shay you know shannon sharp yeah he's just out here he's collecting all these people like infinity stones um, right <laughs> he's trying to get oprah next uh but anyways speaking of no. so monique was on his show and basically she explained a lot about her whole situation and how she felt like people who were supposed to be Titans in the industry, who were supposed to look out for her, weren't really there for her. And then ended up spreading lies about her that kind of ruined her career Yeah, for a long time. And it was very interesting. She broke down the promotion for the precious movie and how that whole situation became a thing. And essentially they were just kind of wanting her to work for free. And at the time she had young kids She was working a lot. She had her shows and she wasn't seeing her family a lot. And she wanted to just have that one weekend to be with her family. And they called her and they were like, no, we want you to come to Cannes. We want you to do all this stuff. And she was like, well, you know what? If we're going to have to do this, what's the money looking like? They're like, oh, no, we're not Mm going to do that. And so she's like, well, I'm (laughs) not going to do that. You're not giving me money? Okay. And so she went, Oprah and them start calling her. She's like, You've been in situations like this. You said you had to walk away from it. So you of all people should know, why would you be pushing that on me? Like, you should be advocating for me to get that. Yeah, you should get Apparently, it. Apparently, Tyler Perry and Oprah, they would say one thing to her face and then say something completely different 
to other people. To everyone else. Yeah. So there was a running theme that Monique was difficult to work with. And another thing that I thought was really interesting, child, y'all know how I feel about Oprah. As I said earlier, like she was my idol growing up. So what I thought was interesting was when Monique was talking about how she was being offered roles and then Mm. Oprah was calling these people after the fact and saying, I want this. I want that role. Like Lee Daniels. Didn't she have like some type of partnership with Lee Daniels? It was a lot of Lee Daniels films that. Yes. Yes. It was Lee Daniels. She was always hitting Lee Daniels up and saying, Hey, this is my job. Like I'm taking this job. Yeah. And essentially she was taking money from Monique. Mm -hmm. Actively. But why are you moving like that? What, why? Oprah was moving real funny when she brought her, so she brought her family on the Oprah show. Yeah. So I don't know if if people don't know, but Monique was um, sexually assaulted by her brother. It was like a whole thing in her family. Oprah called her up. And this is, I think before or somewhere around that time before they kind of fell out, fell out. But Mm -hmm. she called her up and she said, Hey, I'm going to bring your brother on. And Monique was just like, respectfully, thank you for calling me. I appreciate this. But I don't really want to be involved with it. I think if he is changed, he deserves to tell his side of the story. You know, everybody changes. But Mm -hmm. I don't really personally want anything to do with it. They got off the phone. She's like, oh, wow, that was amazing. She didn't have to call me at all. This is cool. Dope. Turns out she brings like her whole family on there. Her mom. And she's like, she's had discussions with Oprah about because they both have interesting relationship with their moms. She's had like real heartfelt discussions with her. She just felt like that's backhanded you told me about my brother but you didn't tell me that you're gonna bring my mom on there why yeah. wouldn't you mention that and you know what the situation Because it was gonna is. be a no it was gonna be a no she knew that monique was gonna say no i'm not giving you my blessing yeah offer the care yeah. and then yeah mm-hmm, yeah so and the crazy thing is monique throughout the whole thing she's like you know what i i can get over this i can get over this real easy she's like lee daniels gave me a heartfelt apology i have no issues with him like, it's, we're back to normal. He really didn't know what was going on. He gave a heartfelt apology and took accountability. She's like, all mm-hmm. I want them to do is take accountability. It's not yeah. a whole situation. She's like, you could either say apology or you can give me the money. <laughs> like, it's very yeah. easy. Um, and we can one. move on. Yeah, and we can move on. And it's just interesting to me that people will just stand in lies. Well, Tyler Perry has no right to be standing there in his lives because there's a full recording yeah. of you admitting. So I had started listening to the interview and mm-hmm. then I was just like, what recording are they talking about? They they made reference to this recording so many times. So I was yeah. like, I need to go listen to this. And I stopped and I went and I started listening to it. And I was just like, oh, you can't deny this. Yeah. He hasn't made a statement. Like you're completely ignoring all of this. Just because you ignore something doesn't mean it, it's going to go away. away. I know a lot of us try to do that, but it, it doesn't work. That doesn't that's work. My main, that's my main tactic of life. <laughs> yeah, same. Honestly, same. Or ignore it. Um, yeah. But what was interesting, because this kind of goes back to the whole not believing women thing. She's like, yeah. when she put out the video, people would be like, well, why did you record him without him knowing? Or do you know that's illegal to record somebody? About? And she goes, well, one, it's not illegal to record somebody in the state that I recorded him in. And two, why isn't the first thing you just saying, oh, he actually said all these things? Yeah, she's still wrong. First thing is to go to, well, why'd you do that? You did that. Yeah. But we're going to ignore the fact that my point is proven. 
and I am somewhat vindicated by this recording. Yeah, no, it, that goes back to what we just said about constantly having to prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. And even when we prove ourselves, we're doing it wrong. You're proving yourself wrong. And not for nothing, I do like Shin Sharp. But that was that was literally the first thing he, he said. No, why did you record that? And she said, Shannon, Shannon, what are you doing? He literally proved her point. This is where people's head automatically go instead of looking at the facts. The facts is he said it. If he didn't say it, it wouldn't have been a thing. It goes all the way back to constantly having to prove ourselves. And I think a lot, if you go and listen to her, her her interview, it's basically one whole campaign of how much as a Black woman you have to prove yourself. The whole situation. She was even talking about when they did the Queens of Comedy and mm-hmm. just how they were treated so much different than the men. When they were making just mm-hmm. as much money, bringing in just as much of the crowd. Funnier. In some cases, yes, very much so. They would have a limo for each and every single one of the men. They wanted to give them one limo for all the women. She's like, no, no, no. Why can't we get our own limo too? It's just so many little things that constantly is a battle that it's just very unfortunate for women. It really is. I definitely want to finish the interview because she was hitting some good points. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is honestly unfortunate because I feel like a lot of times we're hearing these stories about people that we hold in high regard Mm -hmm. and then hearing that these people are out here doing these things. Like, again, Mm -hmm. Oprah is an idol of mine. And just knowing she not only did this, but did it to another Black woman is just like... And I think the worst part is especially knowing what she went through. Like, that's yeah. the whole point of you being the person to, like, break down these doors. It's so that way it's easier for the people coming up behind you. Not everybody yeah. has to go through the same crap, the same beat down, the same door slammed in their face. That's the, like, if you open the door, leave it, hold it open for everybody else. Like, why are you slamming it in their face? Just like, or crack it. Yeah, not everybody has to go through the same hardship. It's not yeah. always necessary. I want to leave it on a, a high note. She's talking about with the Queens of Comedy. I'm forgetting the comic's name at the moment, but essentially she was some the one. It might have been some more. Yeah, it might have been some more. I love her. She's hilarious. Exactly. But she was saying basically, you know, she would go on before her. They're both very funny, just different types of energy. And one mm-hmm. night it was just very much clicking for Monique. Like she was hitting it, like had everybody hype. It was hitting. And mm-hmm. so she did her set, whatever, did her thing. Some more went on, did her thing. And then after that, she came off and she said, you're going to go last from now on. And mm-hmm. she's the more senior. She's mm-hmm. the more established. She could have easily been like, nah, I don't care how good she does. I'm going to keep my last spot. That's for me. Yeah. I earned it, whatever. But for the good of the show and for the good of the comics, she realized that It was better to have her go last. There was no ego in it. And she let it. She dropped it. And then they never spoke about it. It was just that. And there was no animosity. And that is when you support women and you support the good of the craft and not just your own ego and your own sense of importance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like to hear that. I like to hear when other women can just... Uplift each other? Yeah. Yeah. You can put aside your own stuff for that. And I, I really loved hearing that. It's good to hear that there are still people like that within the industry because everything that we've been hearing about the industry within the last couple of weeks, months, like it has been bad. 
Yeah. It's been bad. Yeah. She also bigged up Bernie as well. Aw. Rest in peace. Bernie. Bernie gets so wow. much love. Yeah. I cannot it's been a it's while. Been no. Yeah. I was thinking that the other day because I when uh Kat mentioned him, I was like, you forget Bernie's been gone for a long time. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, rest in peace. Real one. Bernie Mac. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Spinning the Block Pod. Also, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can find our channel by searching Spinning the Block Pod. Bye. Bye.